Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Now, just a warning to listeners that the details of this next story are distressing and particularly um, if there's little ears in, in the background as well. 28-year-old County Mayo woman who was raped by a work colleague at a house party 10 years ago has said that she hopes she can now live a happy life after her rapist was jailed for seven years last week. This is 28-year-old Shane Noonan of Castle Hill Park in Turlock Road in Castle Bar was sentenced to eight years in prison with the final year suspended at the Central Criminal Court last week for what the judge called the cold, predatory and premeditated rape of Kira Mangan when they were both just 18 years of age. Now, Kira waived her anonymity in the hope that it would give other victims of sexual violence the courage to come forward. And Kira is with us here on Lunchtime Live today. Kira, first of all, thank you for, for joining us on the programme. I listened to you speak outside the court last week after the sentencing and I remember you said that you can only hope each and every day will be a little bit better and easier than the last for you and your family. And I'm thinking now, a week and a half on, has each day got that little bit easier? Um, hello, thank you for having me on. Um, yes, I would say it has. Um, there's been a big, huge weight lifted off my chest. Um, you know, I don't have anything hanging over me anymore. No more court dates or anything. And I can just kind of get on with my life now. Um you know, I feel a lot safer now that he's in prison and yeah, just brighter days ahead, really. Yeah. yeah. That whole process of going through the courts, um, somewhere to be, I, I can only imagine over the past number of years, Kira, it's been a little bit of a sentence of its own, has it, for you? Yeah, 100%. I mean... You know, my life was on hold for so many years um, with the court dates and um, the anxiety that comes with that. You know, um, it's not an easy thing to do at all. I mean, going to the central criminal court's not, you know, everyone's ideal um, place to be. But I felt like I had to do it, had to be done. I mean, I didn't choose this for myself this was just the life that I was given and um I just dealt with it the best I could mm. um and just took every day as as best I could really yeah tell me a little bit about um young Kira Mangan you're you moved over from the UK is that right to, to Castlebar yeah so my parents um had moved to the UK to uh work they're originally from Mayo um but um, I was born there and I lived there till I was eight and the same with my younger sister. But then my parents wanted to move over to Ireland just to have um, their kids grow up in a safer environment. How ironic. Mm. Yeah. And back home to Mayo. Yes. So yeah. back home to Mayo. So, yeah, we chose Castlebar. Um Yeah. And life was just the normal teenager, school, extracurricular, the usual? Yeah. Yeah, I was a normal, you know, teenager, um, just going out with my friends, like, to the cinema and stuff like that, and hanging out, and, um, yeah, and then, of course, I got then my part-time job, which yeah, I was really... so many of us do, and... Of course. Yeah. 
you got that job in in McDonald's. Yes, I got that job in McDonald's um, and I was very excited to be making my own money and yeah. and um, just that bit of independence, you know. Um, yeah, I was excited about going into that new phase of my life. Tell us a little bit, Kira, if you can, about that night on May 11th, 2013. Um, May 11th, 2013, I was being pressured to go to a party by a work colleague. I didn't really feel comfortable going at all. I um, I was afraid that I, I wouldn't know many people there um, other than people at work. And, you know, I wouldn't classify them as friends yet. So I did uh, agree to go reluctantly and I was picked up and brought there. And... Um, yeah, within an hour, um, you know, my drink was spiked and I started falling asleep standing up within an hour of arriving to the party. Um, so Shane Noonan was um, kind of stalking me from across the room. He he had stayed in the same spot the whole time and just kept watching me. I thought it was strange, but I didn't feel like it was very out of the norm for him, to be honest, because you know, he wasn't really a nice person. So, you know, um, but then when I really started falling asleep, getting very, yeah, disorientated, I, um, he came over to me and he just demanded that we go upstairs. Um, he was like in my face, um, and in my ear when I said no. And he was saying like, in an aggressive manner so that maybe nobody else could see but he was demanding that we go upstairs and I was really scared about that so I did I tried anyway you were falling in and out of conscious state Kira did did you know what was happening at the time um my priorities were just to um kind of survive you kind of go into a fight or flight mode. I really went into shock mode. Um, I th- I don't know. I think it was just some kind of protective mechanism for myself. It's just you freeze. And um, I just, when when I was upstairs on the bathroom floor, I just, I, w- I fell asleep. Yeah, just conked. Couldn't stay awake. Um, you know, I woke up to the force of him raping me and I went into freezer, whatever mode. And, um, I mean, the drug that was given to me, I just, it just knocked me out. I couldn't defend myself. I had no energy, no strength, nothing. Like I couldn't even speak. When the, when it stopped, when the incident stopped, what happened? How did you get out of the house, Kira, that night? Well, I was left on the bathroom floor, but I woke up in another room six or seven hours later. Um, um, I had vomited everywhere, so I I was kind of, you know, not drugged anymore. So I was waking up scared, confused, trying to piece together everything, but I knew um, something terrible had happened. Um, and then I got a lift back to my house, um, because I was working at 10 o'clock the next morning. 
did you go into work? I did. Yeah, I did. How um, did you? God, um, it's hard to explain it. I mean, I think it's trauma, yeah. shock. Um, you just, I just got on with it. I was just maybe in a little bit of disbelief, really, of what, what had happened the night before. What happened in work that day, Kira? Um, everybody knew what had happened. Everyone knew I had been raped the night before. Um, so it was uh, really funny for everybody. It was the, you know, the crack of the day. Um, and he kept his head down the whole day, uh, which was also really um, out of the ordinary for him too. And people let you know that they knew this had happened? Yeah, so people were saying like, um, oh, she got raped last night. And then, you know, everyone would just start laughing and and just kind of like taking, um, just like messing about with um, Shane Noonan, just try and wind him up and stuff. I mean, it just, I, I've, I, I, it just seems so, it's just, it's so shocking. You know, uh, it's just, chance basically in yeah. singing at you and, and you can't write it like um it's just it's it's so abnormal i mean anyone that make normal. you feel kira oh just um confused um bullied um that i would not be believed uh that no one was going to help me. I was very isolated, um, just um, very alone. That um, you know, I had nobody to help me at all. Did anybody speak up? Um, not for a long time. There was one girl who did um, tell me a few months later. Okay. that um if she if i needed anything for criminal prosecution that she would help me but it was only one girl out of the whole um staff the impact of all of this on you um wh- when did you this was reported or or first for speak to your your parents care about what happened um, so my sister was due to start working in McDonald's as well, and she'd already done her orientation. And I had heard then um, my colleagues saying that they couldn't wait for her to start because they saw photos of her on Facebook. Um, and I couldn't let her go in like that was just was never going to feed my sister to those people in there, like no chance. And he was still working there as well. So. Um, I had to speak up and I'm glad I did because God knows how much longer I would have hold, held on to it, you know. You told your parents, what what happened then? I told my parents that Shane Noonan from work raped me and um, yeah, my mom fell on the floor um, screaming for my dad in the other room and my dad went into shock mode, didn't really know what to do either. And then we reported it to the Gardaí. Yeah. The rest then is everything that I suppose has happened over the past number of years. And as you said earlier, the, the court dates and... 
Yeah, all the court dates and then COVID was two year kind of delay and um, back and forth kind of, you know, um, not enough judges and things like that. Yeah. The effect of all of this on you, Kira, you, was it, you sat your leave insert, was it just two months after this happened? I sat my leave insert, yeah, two months after I had finally told my parents. Um, so it would have been, yeah, just over a year after the rape. After. Yeah. And you went to college and I suppose the toll of it all then started to take effect. Yeah, I did. I went to college, um, but I almost quit then in first year because of the depression. You you talked um, a little bit about going through, you know, the therapy and how, how all of that helped you in mm. some ways to, to deal with this. Yeah, um, the rape crisis centres really saved my life, to be honest. Um, psychologists and medication. I mean, I don't know if I'll be on medication forever, um, but... I would like to maybe come off it at some stage, but I have to just be careful that my mental health will be, you know, supported through mm. therapy before I would consider yeah. doing that. Do you feel last last week, standing outside the courts, I'm I can't imagine for you, Kira, the I suppose the the sense of closure maybe in some respects that comes with the sentencing hearing. Yeah, just. Um, it's vindication. It's that, you know, as victims of sexual violence, like you you feel like you you are always going to be fighting his word against your word. And just to pass that final line where you don't need to fight anymore, it's it's just such a relief. You can't even describe how lighter how much lighter you feel. One of the things when I, I I remember you talked about last week was um the power of watching other people, other victims of of sexual assault over the years, Kira come forward and wave their their anonymity, you know, to to name their attacker. Is that why you you decided to do this? Um, you know, it was I, important to you. Yeah, I believe that like it's important to um, name your attacker um, to transfer the shame onto them and the guilt back to them for what they did to you. But then there's another side of it where um, you want to put a face out there for other victims um, to sh- just to show them that, you know, I'm not ashamed. Mm. You know, this is not your fault. And um and I, I hope that maybe my courage by doing that, you know, helped someone yeah. else to also come forward. They don't have to waive their right to anonymity at all. It's not a must. But I just hope that maybe I, sh- I have shown that I transferred and gave the guilt and the shame back to him. Have you had a, a lot of reaction and support gear from people in the past week? Oh, yeah, just um, a lot. Yeah, yeah just... Um, a lot of people, I know a girl who, you know, she's reported it to the Gardaí already because of of um, me waving my right wow. to anonymity. And just people saying that you've given me light, um, like hope and and just um, just thanking me really for yeah. for doing that. But it's I just I want I did I did it for them. 
you know. Um, it's a hugely courageous, uh, it's a really brave, I think, thing to do. And the, the inspiration to, to so many others. And like you said, as one person who's, you know, already even come to you to say you've encouraged them to do the very same. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to chat to you a little bit today, Kira. Just to, it was some of the comments you you, you made in in um, after the case as well. You you talked about rape culture in Ireland, and you really want to start a conversation about that mm. here in this country. Um, what do you mean by that? Just to explain to people. Rape culture is a very serious topic. Um, it is a type of ignorance and um, type of ignorance and disrespect for survivors and victims of sexual violence. Um, it, in my case, it was the rape songs and jokes um, and just the, I don't think people appreciate the effects that it has on survivors and their families. It gives people a sense that they have no chance um, in fighting um sexual violence that they won't be believed and um and that sexual violence is not taken seriously and it should be a top priority it's devastating on families on on survivors and victims and to joke about that and to to um make light of sexual violence it makes it feel like sexual violence is becoming the norm you know and it's not and it never will it's so wrong and you don't joke about these things mm. well it nearly it, it reduces the severity of you know the seriousness of what's happened yeah I mean I think you know you know when people say like oh you don't really care until it comes knocking on your door well that's not good enough anymore yeah. because you know people need to protect each other you don't need to wait until it comes knocking on your door to care or to or to um take it seriously it's we, we know what sexual violence does to victims survivors and their families so we need to treat it with seriousness and and um the respect that it deserves because it needs to stop the rape culture has to end it it's devastating so how do we do that? I'm just trying to think in practical terms for people listening yeah. to you today here on the show and I've no doubt they're just absolutely stunned and, and horrified by by not only what happened but the aftermath as you talked about of the, the, the chanting and the singing and the kind of nearly the, the dismissal of, of what happened. So what do you say to people if you ever see or witness something like that in your workplace, out and about in the shops, whatever, how do we call that out or stop it? A basic and a vital first step is to call it out. The people who do the rape jokes or um, make light of sexual violence, they have a certain confidence. So people who are calling them out, they might not feel confident in doing that. But you could just say it to your, if it's happening in work, say it to your boss. Um that this is going on and and it's it's not right and you know I never got any training on sexual harassment or anything when I was in work and I know that the the sexual education and everything is happening in schools but it really does need to go further than that it needs to go to um employees to teach them you know 
about what sexual harassment is and how it's just not tolerable. It's not, it just can't happen. And yeah, I mean, calling people out is just the first step, mm. really. Yeah, I know, I I mean, know no one, one called it out for me. No, and I know actually, funny, since since, since your case, actually, um, the, the restaurant, Jane McDonald's, have said that they're going to, you know, to, to, to launch an investigation and investigate the, the claims what happened. But do you think that other workplaces too should do more in terms of having open conversations, I suppose, with staff, you know, about this and about behaviour? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, it needs to be an open topic. Um, you know, if you if you hide away from the topic, you'll never solve the topic. It needs to be upfront in your face and you need to, um, you know, attack it that way. Um, you just it's just protection of 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 people mm. you know of survivors and for me and for many other people it's just not there it's not like it's just not acceptable and it never was i think it's a it's a really important point kieran i was i was interested when i heard you 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 know you you mentioned that the other day that it's um it's more than a conversation that you know that we need to have and often maybe from time to time we do but but um mm. i think in in light of of what happened absolutely there's there's more that we could and we 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 should do can i ask you about um now and sort of i suppose in some respects maybe do you feel you've come Maybe not full circle, but your hopes and your plans for the future. Do you do you intend to stay in Mayo, or what's your your plans at the moment, Kira? Um, I would like to come back to Ireland. I did run away, um, but I feel like I can come back now um, just to have a fresh start. And um, you've been living in Germany, isn't it, for some time? Yes, in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. I've lived there for four years now, so. I'm ready to come back and I think yeah. now is the right time. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I do. I miss the Irish people. <laughs> well, listen, it's um you've incredible strength, Kira. Thank you. You know, you really have incredible incredible strength. I yeah, uh, I think if you've for anybody listening to you today, I suppose just your message to them is don't be afraid to speak up. No, don't be afraid and you're not alone and you will be believed. Kira, it's been a True pleasure to chat to you on the show today. I really appreciate your time. I know it's difficult to, to chat about it again, but I think you've done a great service and, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. The text in from, from listeners, just, I mean, in complete shock listening to, to Kira. Um Over the past half an hour here today, a very brave young woman, sad it took 10 years of her life, um, says this listener, and um, he'll lose seven. I'm in total shock listening to this poor woman's testimony. Um, having gone what she, having gone through what she went through, and then to have to deal with the behaviour of, of work colleagues it's, is apparent. Such an amazing, brave young woman. She and her family should be so proud. This listener says that girl has amazing strength. I'm so sorry for what happened to her. I don't believe that my sons would behave this way towards a woman, but aged thirteen and eleven now. But I will sit them down and listen to this interview again with my 13-year-old son at this point, says this texter. Uh, lunchtime Live at Newstalk.com is the email address. I do want to mention um, the national 24-hour, the helpline number for the Rape Crisis Centre is 1800 8788 for anybody affected or impacted by anything we've been talking about. Uh, also, the Women's Aid.ie uh, is their website. Their number too is 1800 34 19 
double zero is the number there. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.